0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Fellowship Podcast. Wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by today's message. Uh, y'all don't know this. Uh, today is Amber's birthday. So, that's right. If y'all could do me a favor, we're going to do something different. We're going to sing happy birthday to her. She is turned, I mean, I promise you, what is it now? 49. 49. This year, all right? And so uh, I'm joking. She's not 40 now. But can we sing it real quick, y'all? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Amber. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, girl. I love you like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't embarrass her at all. (laughs) Y'all, um. Hey, for those who don't know me, was cracking? I'm Richard. I am the uh, senior pastor here at New Beginnings Fellowship. I'm happy today. Um, pray for me, Heidi. My wife is gone for 10 days and leaving me with three stooges. Um, and uh, I just missed that girl so much, y'all. She, for work, like she's an accountant for this awesome um, organization and, um, it, I mean, she has staff members from all across the world. And so our staff meetings are almost never in states. Um, so right now she is in uh, Africa uh, right now. She's in Kenya um, just having a grand old time. She sent me a, a text <clears throat> at like 1.30. Uh, she was in Paris, and she's like, yes, I'm in Paris right now. Everything is great. And I'm like, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 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 you know, but now, nah, but pray for uh, the girls are doing fantastic. Um, I just miss my best friend. I'm like, I want my homie home, you know. But anyway, uh, so prayers are greatly appreciated for that. Um, moving forward, <clears throat> especially first service, uh, you know, we sang that last song, the overwhelming, uh, um, what is it? What is it? I'm sorry. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Um. So beautiful, and the more I started singing that song, I was really just focusing, focusing on the lyrics, and believe it or not, I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. I'm praying, and then all of a sudden, the tears start flowing, and I start thinking, and uh, about how much God just loves me. I have to do that a lot. As a guy that deals with insecurities, I have to constantly remind myself how God loves me just who I am. And so I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about just, just all of the beautiful ways that God loves me, and literally overwhelmed. And one, um, and one reason in particular I was overwhelmed. I was thinking about the person I saw showing love more than anybody on the face of this earth, Right? And that's my late grandmother, right? Caroline Moncrief called her Sugars. And Sugars was so special um, to me. As a matter of fact, I would not be here. I would not be a saved man if it wasn't for my grandmother. What I saw my grandmother do floored me. Didn't understand it growing up. Um, but but when I became an adult, I just looked back, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's what love looks like. My grandmother, she wasn't only a matriarch for my family, but my grandmother was a matriarch for the community. And um, And a lot of you adults, you know, y'all remember when it was a fad for plastic to remain on the couches? Y'all remember that? Like, like... And we had, I mean, it was like the whole living room was just plastic all the way out, right? And not only that, but kids could not go in the living room. We asked, "Not nah, boy, that's for grown folks. I so he couldn't go in the living room whatsoever. But my grandmother had this huge love seat that she would sit in uh, full of plastic, and she would have a plastic couch and... Was so beautiful, my grandmother would have these counseling sessions in our living room. Now, she wasn't a licensed counselor at all, but she was the neighborhood matriarch. So I would see everybody come and sit on that plastic couch. Uh, that I had to spray down and wipe down, you know, whenever they left. But I saw that all of the time. And, and many times I even saw, uh, like, like, people getting up from that couch and just sitting down with their head in my grandmother's lap as my grandmother is just stroking their head and as they're crying, as she is both crying. Like, uh, And I saw everybody, every type of person on that couch or their head in my grandmother's lap while she's just 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 stroking them and, and just, just praying for them and just crying. I, I saw my family members members. I was, you know, in that position a few times. Um, I saw drug addicts, many drug drug addicts. They came, many people in the middle of their tweaking. They would come in that living room, and my grandmother didn't care. She would still love them like crazy. Now, you know, she had a lot of grandkids and, 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 and a lot of sons, so if they act crazy, they would jump on them real quick. But I saw that. I saw the neighborhood drunk come into our living room, and my grandmother just counseled them and loving them. And not only that, in the backyard, she had a huge shed full of clothes. Like my grandmother was a yard sale queen, she loves yard sales. And She would go and she would get boxes of just random crap that I had to sort through all of the time to put in the shed. And they would come to the house and my grandmother would love them and she would give them some food and she was like, boy, go in that shed and get this, 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 this. And I had to go in the shed, get all of that stuff, and they would leave with clothes or they would leave with baby stroller or they would leave with a lamp, you know, a figurine of a big, huge lion. I mean, just whatever my grandmother bought at the yard sale, that's what she did. And she got nothing in return, nothing, nothing. Um, but my grandmother was the richest person I've ever met, right, and because she was rich in love. My grandmother, she didn't invest in Bitcoin, and she didn't invest in stocks. She invested in people, and my goodness, what a return she got, um, But who I saw her be with more than people, I saw her be with God. Um, she be in the back room, uh, um, listening to TBN. You know, not TBN. What is it? Uh, the, the I don't know the televangelist station. I think it's TBN, TBN, or whatever. And. You know, commercial break, come on, she would turn off and she would just pray. She would pray for her grandkids and she would pray for her great-grandkids. So she would pray for my wife that I didn't have yet. She would pray for my kids that I didn't have yet. She did all of that stuff. You know, her relationship with God was A1, so much so whenever she even talked about death. She celebrated it. She was like, I cannot wait to get up out of here. And, and she would say, like, boy, whenever I die, I want you to do my funeral and, 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 and close me in that box, and you better have them rocking and, and, and worshiping. I mean, she would say that all the time because she wasn't afraid of death. She wanted to be with her daddy. Um, that's the love that I desire. That's the love that I want. Um, and, you know, that's what we're going to be focusing on today, the most important um, Thing, the, the reason why we're here, the reason why this place exists, the reason why I preach, um, the reason why we forgive, the reason why we marry, the reason why we have kids. Um, it's because of love. That's the number one. If you have your Bibles, y'all, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verses 1 through 3. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And Paul... Writing the church of Corinth, writing to the church of Corinth, he says this, for I speak, for if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Y'all, you hear that? I am nothing whole existence, his being, the reason why he's here, the reason why he's speaking, the reason why he's encouraging, the reason why he's writing these letters, if he doesn't have love, he says, now I'm nothing, nothing. Verse 3, if I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love, number one. Y'all, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing No, thank you for that. I just want to say thank you for loving us. Thank you, Father, for your overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Matt reminded me earlier that reckless means just not, you're not concerned about the consequences. Father, that is so beautiful to describe your love. Those No consequences was too great. Father, you was willing to sacrifice your son. Because you loved us. Thank you so much for that, Father. We pray that we would acknowledge that love. We would feel that love. Um, we would demonstrate that love to others. That we would be the church that radically loves, serves, and encourages, Father. And we can't even possess that love. We can't even think about that love, understand that love. We can't possess that love. Demonstrate that love without you. So we pray for more of you. Forgive us for our sins. Soften up our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said. Man, this may seem like this is in left field, but I got to start the sermon this way. Um, I heard about something that I believe didn't exist. Heard about something that I thought at one point it was a huge myth, and that thing, y'all, was women's intuition. Ladies, don't bite my head off right here, right? For the, for the longest, I thought that it was the biggest myth it was just, it was just junk. And the reason why I believe that women's intuition was a myth because the women who would herald the greatness of women's intuition would normally be in the most craziest relationships, right? And I was like, you know, and they were telling me about the greatest, you know, of, you know, the greatness of women's intuition. And I'm like, well, how come your intuition didn't tell you that that guy was crap from the beginning? Right, no answer. All right, because of no answer, I thought it was a myth. All right, um, then I met Heidi, incredibly intelligent woman, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, maybe this woman's intuition is legit. Right now, so check this out: Heidi can sniff can sniff out deception. She can sniff out a faulty plan, ulterior motives in a second. In a second, so either it's either women's intuition or I'm just really, really bad at communicating things to her. Now, let me me to explain. If you know me, you know that I love to fish. I do it. Every chance I get, I try to get in the boat. I try to put, you know, my line in the water. I am trying my best to fish. Now, I've learned that over the years that if I wanted to go on an unplanned fishing trip, then I must put in a lot of work many days before said trip. Heidi and I, we got full schedules, we got young girls that require so much attention, and to make mama happy, I got to have the honey-do list completely finished, right? Honey-do list, a never-ending honey-do list. I got to have it done, you know, at least, at least to about 90% so I can go. So, this is exactly what I would do. I would hear that the fish are biting and I would be overwhelmed with excitement and I'm like, "Mm, all right." Fisher Biden, I'm going to plan this trip. It's going to be in a few days. Okay, so I'm going to do what I need to do. I used to do this all the time, I promise you. I will go into complete serving mode. I will wake up before Heidi, mind you. I will go, I will get all three girls ready for school. You know, and and I would do everything. I will will get their clothes. I would take care of breakfast, wash their little faces. Believe it or not, I would even do their hair. I would do that. I would get them in the truck, drive them to school. Three different schools, three different locations, and then on the way home, I would stop somewhere, get Heidi the largest caramel macchiato known to man, and hand it to her with a nice, gen- gentle kiss on the forehead. I love you, boo-boo. Ah, oh, that's so nice. I'm like, sucker. And, and then... And then I, w- I won't stop there in the middle of all of my stuff that I have to do, in the middle of my meetings and my sermon prep and my reading and my studying. With all of that stuff, I would still bust my butt to serve. I would do the laundry, put it all away. I would do the dishes, put them all away, clean up the kitchen. I would clean up the bathroom, pick up after the girls, lay their stuff out for the next day. Doesn't stop there. Make Heidi lunch, go pick up the girls from school, take them to their practices, bring them back home, make dinner, clean up after dinner, make sure girls brush their teeth wash their bodies you know get you know uh, uh, take all of their stuff you know put them to bed put on a hallmark movie for Heidi while rubbing her feet until she falls asleep I would do this for a few days and then the night before I need to go I would be like oh I forgot would it be all right if I go fishing the sucker didn't fall for it all right whatsoever y'all she never never did um but check this out y'all, like, 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 not only will Heidi not fall for it, but she will have the complete opposite reaction what I was expecting. I was expecting like rejoice woman, look what I just did for you for a few days. Like come on now, like help me out. Look what I just did for you, girl. And she would be mad. And at first I used to think she was crazy, right? But this women's intuition, actually I think it's a little bit of both. But um, um, Heidi wasn't happy at all Whenever I did all of that stuff, like, again, opposite reaction when I was desiring. She wasn't happy. She felt angry. She felt insulted. She felt disrespected. And as weird as it sounds, y'all, she should have. She should have. Whenever I was doing all of that stuff, I was insulting her. Whenever I was doing all of that stuff to go fishing, I was disrespecting her. In fact, I believe... Not a single woman in here would like to be encouraged and served with that motive. Ladies, am I right? See, I don't know. See, sometimes y'all, y'all can be like, yes. Yeah, sometimes y'all not. Y'all are, uncha- y'all are just changing creatures. I just don't get you all. But I would like to say, I think, I think y'all wouldn't. So let's just say for the sake of the sermon, you wouldn't like that, okay? All right. and if you think about that, men and women, um, We can understand why, because it's not rocket science when we really think about it. Like, serving and encouraging others shouldn't be done to fit our own personal agendas. It doesn't matter how great the service may be or how eloquent the words of encouragement. When we serve and encourage to fit our own motives, our serving and encouraging is useless. Useless. And the reason why it's useless is because something is missing from that equation. Something must saturate that service, saturate that encouragement for it to truly mean something, for it to truly be special. Something must be coated, something must coat that serving and encouragement. And that's something church. It's love. It's love. The reason why Heidi got upset whenever I did all of that stuff, like I did all of that stuff. I did a lot of it. She's like, you did it for yourself. You didn't, did it. You didn't do it because you love me. You did it because you love yourself. I'm like, well, Heidi, not only do I not, it's not, a, it's, I love fish, right? It's something else. It's, crappie is awesome, right? Now hear this. Love should be the motivating factor to our service and our encouragement. Everything that we do should be because of love. And should you remove love from the equation, you remove everything. MBF, we say the big three all of the time in every sermon about every prayer. Um, Every time that we have an opportunity to speak to you, we say that we are, we remind you over and over, we are the church that radically does what? No, love, serve, and encourage, you know? Exactly, we are. We're the church that loves, serve, and encourage. And I'm not sure you knew this, but the word love is first for a reason. It's not because it just sounds cool. Like we put the word love for a specific reason, and my mentor tells me this all of the time, and I love it. This is part of my life's motto and what I do. You can serve somebody without loving them. You can encourage somebody without loving them. People do it all of the time. Organizations do it all the time. Ministries, churches, they do it all of the time. But church, hear this. God doesn't want us to serve our communities and encourage our people void of love. It doesn't matter how much money that we give to people. It doesn't matter how many people we feed. It doesn't matter how many elderly ladies we help walk across the street. It doesn't matter how many people we help during their dark seasons. It doesn't even matter how many people we persuade to love God. It doesn't matter if we remove love from that equation. God doesn't want it whatsoever. You mean to tell me if we had the resources to completely eradicate poverty and if we did it without love, God wouldn't want it? The answer is absolutely yes. If we could eradicate poverty, if we could eradicate addiction, and if we did it without love, God wouldn't want it. It's useless. Trash, everybody. No matter how grand the service may be, no matter how eloquent the words of encouragement, if we do it without love, it's useless. But add love to the equation. And even the smallest acts of service with a few simple words of encouragement are accepted by God and so very powerful. About love, Um, several months ago, I was going through a super dark season. Um, My superman, my grandfather passed away. And I always viewed my grandfather, it's crazy how I always saw him until he died. I saw him like I saw him as a 10-year-old boy. Again, I'm 35, 36, 37. I always saw him as if I was 10 years old. I saw him. He was strong enough to fix anything. He was strong enough to pick me up, you know, and throw me around. Uh, he was strong enough, smart enough to fix everything. I'm like, I, I just saw him as big, strong grandfather that, 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 that he can do anything. And again, I'm 37 years old, and I'm seeing my grandfather to still be able to pick up a 250-pound man and be like, who's my little boy? Yes, you are, Richie, Richie. You know, I saw my grandfather until before he died, and I'm like, oh, Superman's sick. Whoa, he's not, whoa. And then he passed away, and my world was rocked. I'm like, I'm living life without my Superman. And y'all, internally, it crushed me. Crush me. My hero is gone. Crush me. And I'm dealing with that um, here at this church. And amen for y'all for just loving me and ministering to me and, and challenging me and during that dark season. But one day I came in here, and uh, the Kellogg's, they handed me an envelope. And uh, it was, a, it was a, um, a bookmark of my grandfather on it. And it was a picture of him and the grandkids, and it was beautiful. Y'all, I love it. I've never used a bookmark in my gum life. <laughs> it's a bookmark, man. I just ear, you know, what is it? just fold the pages over, right? And, um, but I got that. Oh, my gosh, that little bookmark did so much healing for me, right? It's a gum bookmark. And they did it because, y'all, that family loves Hard, right? And when I saw that, I'm like, goodness, this is what love looks like. Amen. Even the smallest acts of service dipped in love is so very powerful. I'll never forget that, y'all. I love y'all so much. Um, y'all, moving forward, like, y'all, 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 love is everything, and love should be the motivating factor for everything that we do. And if we remove love, then we've completely missed the point. When Paul wrote the letter of Corinthians um, to the saints in Corinth, y'all, he was writing to people that missed the point. He's writing to people that missed the point. These saints in Corinth that were so infatuated with being deemed the greatest Christians ever, like they wanted to be in the limelight, and it had nothing to do with Christ, just themselves. Whenever we, matter of fact, whenever we go into 1 Corinthians 13 and stuff like that, like yeah, we hear it at weddings and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, I've preached that sermon at weddings many, many, many times, and it's good, but in context— Paul was writing to the church who were missing the idea of love, removing love from the equation of their acts of service, right? And that's and that's what these people were doing. Now they would perform these grand acts of service, and they spoke eloquent words of encouragement, and they did all of that so they can receive praise from others. They were selfish. They felt like they had to compete with other saints to have the title as best Christian, best philanthropist, most likely to prophesy. Like they would do all of that for themselves. And not only that, but these Christians, they also ranked spiritual gifts. One group of saints were like I think faith is the most important spiritual gift. Other person I think prophecy is the most important spiritual gift. And what these saints would do, they will align themselves with other saints that were known for that, like prophet X came in. They're like, oh my goodness, this is a prophet of all the prophets. I align myself to them. And then somebody will come in with the gift of faith and they're like, oh no, I'm going to align myself to such and such because they have the gift of faith and the person I follow is better than yours. And they were like, well, the person I follow is better than yours. They were ranking spiritual gifts and they were ranking saints based off the gifts of the spirit which was used to edify God. Created by God. Instituted by God. They believed that having a certain gift or being aligned to a certain person was the most important, y'all. And that caused so much division within the body. You see churches and everything do it all the time. You want to compare yourself to, you know, to, to Woodland. And you want to compare yourself to Bloom. You want to compare yourself to First Baptist. You want to compare yourself to whatever it may be. Like you see churches. now I'm not saying that's actually happening, but you see churches beefing all of the times, comparing with one another while we have the same mission to make disciples of all nations, take care of our communities, right? Why are not more churches working together? Y- have y'all thought about that? Like why, why, why haven't, NBF and First Baptist done a joint service one day. I mean, we think about it like, oh no, churches don't do that. But why don't churches do that more often? Um, I'm not again. I'm just saying a hypothetical situation. I'm not calling Jeremy at First Baptist beautiful, beautiful guy, and I love him. And we have done some, you know. To, anyway, it's pretty cool. But hear this, y'all. That's why Paul. These, these, these. Church, the churches in Corinth, that were going back and forth. They were beefing, and uh, they were pledging their allegiance to the saint and not the Savior. And that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, starting with verse 4, for when one says, I follow Paul, when another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? Like, you're tripping. Like, why? You know, and think about it. He said, are you not being merely human? You may read that and be like, well, yeah, we are human. You're No, you're spiritual beings. You are. Right? A human cannot be a co-heir to the throne. A, a, a human cannot be seated with him in the heavenly places. You are a spiritual being. He's like, are you not being merely human? You're being carnal. You're being fleshly. And then he says in verse 5, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you have believed as the Lord has signed to each. I planted Apollos' water, but God gave it the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives growth. Then he says in verse 8, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Now, Paul was challenging these saints By telling them that the people, that people and their gifts are not the stars of the show. It's not about the spiritual gift. It's about the giver of the spiritual gift. God is the main character here. He's the main character. And check this out, y'all. And listen, this is big. And God said that all of the law... And all of the prophets, everything that he instituted, every prophet, like the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of teaching, the gift of hospitality, everything that he instituted, all of the law, all of the prophets, everything was hinged on what? Love. The reason why we have faith is so we can love. The reason why we have teaching is so we can love. The reason why we have hospitality is so we can love. The reason why God instituted every single thing was love. You think about this. The reason why Jesus did miracles is so people can see the Father's love. God healed people, their bodies eventually gave out. You think that that was his number one? No. The reason why Jesus did miracles is so like, no, so you can understand that, like, the one who sent me. And God, yes, is love. God is love. So if everything God instituted hinges on love, why should our buildings be any different? Y'all... Last year was a phenomenal year for New Beginnings Fellowship. As a matter of fact, this is the greatest community I've ever been a part of. Greatest church I've ever been a part of. This place. This last year, I was convinced of that. I'm like, wow, okay, I really, really love this place. Um, Not bragging at all whatsoever because I'm terrible. I got a, a text message a week ago of another church, huge church, uh, you can say it's a mega church. Like, yo, you're interested in checking out this job? I'm like, have you seen my church? No. Lose my number. <laughs> I didn't tell them that. No, I did tell them no. I, I, but I'm like, I am that happy. I'm thrilled about New Beginnings Fellowship. And this last year has been phenomenal. I, y'all... This last year, our weekly attendance, in the last year, our weekly attendance, like, like grew significantly. And I looked at the, the year, the previous years, so I'm just looking at all the numbers, I'm like, okay, wow, okay, MBF, let's go. It grew significantly. And because of your generous hearts, y'all, our giving has increased. And since our giving has increased, we're able to give more money to more people and to more ministries. It's great. Y'all, the last year, we went from having nothing Nothing to a beautiful adult's ministry that now it's growing too. It's growing well. Y'all, like we built relationships with churches and organizations abroad. And Lord willing, we're going back again this year. Built built great relationship with folks in Guatemala, already planning to make a trip again, you know, in coming August. It's great. Youth numbers have skyrocketed. We're already outgrowing the youth room. Stop feeding your kids good night growing. Children's numbers are up. Men, get off. leave. Give your wife a day off. Like, good night. Like, um, get what I'm saying, right? God enjoys it. Hey, come on now. Like, children's numbers are up. Women's ministry numbers, they're up. Fellas, say you can't deal with the kids. I, like like the women's numbers, y'all, we built amazing relationships with, with ministries like Redeeming Freedom. And, and, and many breakthroughs is happening because of that ministry. Y'all, MBF, we're experiencing so much growth, and I truly believe that we ain't seen nothing yet. Nothing. And you know what? You can double that growth, triple that growth, quadruple that growth. And if it's not rooted in love, it's hogwash. It's nothing. That's not growth. It's just more people. I could care less about having more people there. We got to do a few more services. I could care less if we have to open up another campus because so many people are coming here. I could care less about that crap. As a matter of fact, And I've said it, and I said it, and I had to make sure I meant it whenever I said it. And I'm like, God, if we're going to have more love with less people, sign me up. I would so rather have four quarters than 100 pennies in a second. Well, what about finances? Got to work. Got to take care of the finances. (laughs) ain't worried about that. Y'all, love. Love should be the motivating factor that we grow our youth, <coughs> that we have the young adults, Girl women's ministry, Girl children's ministry. Love should be the motivating factor that we do everything. Paul to- told the church in Corinth, "If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. Everybody, as your pastor and as a member of the teaching team, if we wrote a sermon so beautifully that every eye in here would be filled with tears, if, if, if the words that we said moved everybody so deeply that you will come to the altar and you will worship God with everything you have, if we encourage y'all so much to love your spouses and to love your families and to love everybody else's families, if we did all of that because of the words that we spoke to you all, but if our foundation wasn't love, we're just clanging symbols means nothing despite your reaction it would mean nothing coming from our it doesn't please God God wouldn't accept it Paul says in verse 2 if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have faith if, if, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love I am nothing not only, did he not, not only did he say, I have nothing, but I am nothing. Why did he say, I am nothing, y'all? Because love is the defining factor of a saint. Love is the defining attribute of a saint. Not prophecy, not faith, not giving. It's love. And without it, we are nothing. Verse 3, if I give away all that I have and I deliver my body to be burned, burned but have not love i gain nothing everybody i think we so we compare ourselves to saints and and, and 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 many saints we sit down and we think about all of the things that we wished we had oh my goodness i wished that i had words eloquent enough to deliver a powerful sermon i wish i had the faith that despite all of the craziness that, 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 that I will remain rooted and, and I will be strong and unwavering. I wish I had, you know, so much compassion for people that it doesn't matter what they would do to me. I would I would just forgive them like crazy. Like we will want, and we, will, we want to possess all of these things. And we're like, oh my goodness, I wish I had enough money in the, in the heart to, to give to so many other ministries and and, and, and and to give to so many people. Like we wish we would have the, the abundance of all of this stuff. Like how many times have we prayed like, I just want abundance of love if we don't have love y'all we ain't got nothing but if you have love again even the smallest acts of service the fewest words of encouragement so potent so powerful everybody and it can do miraculous works church I'll end with this just think about the greatest act of service ever ever because of our sin, we were separated from God, and God saw that, and there was nothing that we could do to inherit, inherit internal life. And whenever I'm talking about internal life, I'm talking about our having a right standing with God. I'm talking about... Uh, um, like being a recipient of God's promises, being a citizen of heaven, a place where there was no more pain, no more suffering, a place that we get to see God face to face, a perfect place. talk about eternal life, meaning we have a never failing relationship with God. God saw that there's nothing that we can do to inherit eternal life. As a matter of fact, that's funny. Um, and... and, and, and uh, um, Good night, Mike reminded me, you know, he said, he, he heard from somebody, said that the only thing that we could put, give, uh, the only thing we can bring to our table, to the table of salvation is our sin. It's the only thing that we can bring to the table is our sin. God did everything else. But God saw us in our distress. And so God the Father sent his son, Jesus, to absorb the wrath of God, to experience separation from his father so we wouldn't have to. Didn't sin one time, perfect, lived a perfect life. Um, and all we have to do is confess our sins. All we have to do is confess that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, pledge our allegiance to him and we will inherit eternal life, all right? You know why he did it? For God so loved the world. That's it. If you think love isn't powerful, God loved us so much that he sacrificed his son. Love. The reason why orphanages exist, love. Hospitals exist, love. The reason why marriages, it healed love. People forgive one another, love. I am a black pastor with a sea of white faces right now. When my grandmother was here, she was like, oh my gosh. She grew up in rural Mississippi. And she's like, whoa, I can't believe I am seeing this when I was marching Heidi down the aisle, she's like, I can't believe I'm seeing this. You don't think love isn't powerful? Love can change generations. Love can break down whatever wall. I could care less about the grand act of servants. Give me a grand act of love and out of that, That's where I'm going to get the grand acts of service and the grand acts of encouragement. Church, what we're going to be, we're not going to be the church known for feeding the homeless. We're not going to be the church known for encouraging everybody. We're going to be the church that loves our community. And because of our love, we will serve and encourage everybody. So if you're in here and you don't know Jesus, know this. He loves you. He loves you. <laughs> submit to his pursuit. You, don't, you can bring nothing to the table. All you can do is submit to his pursuit. Okay, God, you love me. Help me love you back. You're saved. And for those who do, uh, who do know Jesus, get to love him. Amen? Amen? Get to love him. What would our community look like if we radically loved? You know what it would look like? Radical service, radical encouragement. I love y'all. Y'all take care. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about New Beginnings Fellowship, connect with us or give, visit nbfhollister.org. Have a great week. And remember, we are the church who radically loves, serves, and encourages. Thank you.